morning, everyone. This is Donna Tyson, your host for Rivers of Faith. Thank you so much for being with us today here on Hear Women Talk on Zeus Radio. We've got quite a show today. I am so excited. I can assure you that none of my guests in the studio slept last night. <laughs> Everybody's trying really hard to make sure that their stories are worded properly on this. So we're going to need lots of prayer and support out there today as we tackle a topic that is just way too familiar in our world today. We're going to be talking about pornography and sex in the church. And this week I posted that on my Facebook and I put out a plea to all my um, Facebook friends that if they had had any experience with that or had a deep opinion about it to let me know. And boy, oh boy, did my Facebook explode. And um, so I am looking forward to this show. want to encourage everybody to join us on the Hear Women Talk chat line. You can uh, chat text me or chat me your thoughts and we'll try to include them in on the show today. Um, I also want to encourage you to call in today at any point when you feel like you'd like to express your opinion or ask a question. The phone lines are open at 646-652-2071. So with that, I'd like to introduce my first guest. With me in the studio, I have Allison Wright, a precious friend who is sharing her testimony of her experience um, for the the first time today. Allison, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to ask you to get close to that mic okay. and talk into the mic. And Allison, tell me what your experience and connection is with pornography or sex in the church. Give me just a quick overview of your experience. Um, I was married um, to um, a pastor and um, we were married for about 10 years, and um, he would spend lots of late nights on our home computer. He would spend lots of late nights at the church um, on his computer. I was always told that he was gone to play um, games, the game, game computer games that would um, have several levels you would have to beat, and it would take days and weeks right. to, um, you know, to have to complete or whatever. And so there was really nothing in my mind that, well, that's nothing wrong with that, you sure. know. But um, after a few times of um, seeing things that I didn't think were appropriate, you know, but being blamed that that's just a pop up or, or from the computer, you know, I would question and um, that kind of thing. Um, and it would arise with anger mm -hmm. when confronted and that kind of thing. And, and it was it would ended up to be a bad thing. <laughs> so you saw signs of pornography there, mm -hmm. um, but they were always defended. And yes. he didn't pull it up on purpose or right. that you were being overly sensitive. Right. Unfortunately, your story doesn't end very in a positive way. No. Allison, your husband was accused of child molestation. Yes, ma'am. Convicted of that yes, and is now serving two life terms in prison for that. Yes, ma'am. And, you know, I met you after all of this had happened, and we sat on the couch one afternoon and spent the afternoon trying to just bring it out into the open and talk about your experience with that. I, I just, I can't comprehend what that would feel like as a woman, um, and a woman serving the Lord in a church with, you know, a man that you think that y'all are serving God together, and then to get that conviction um, and that sense of betrayal mm -hmm. across the board on that. 
um, immediately, you know, the first thing I asked you when we talked over coffee was, was there any sign? And your comment to me was that the only thing that showed any problem in that area was that you had seen pornography. Right. Do you think that the pornography was definitely linked to his child molestation? I think so. Absolutely. Okay. I, I want to go with your story before we go deeper into pornography and in people's lives. Allison, it, you know, you've got young children. How old are your children now? Twelve and fourteen. But at the time of the court case, they were much younger. Right. So um, you had young children. You're on staff at a church. Now there's child molestation. Did you believe it at first? No. Um Absolutely not. He brought me um, into his office one afternoon um, and just shared with me that there was lots of things in his past that he had told me that he didn't think would ever have to come and deal with. Mm -hmm. So he had never talked to me about it before. We had never had a conversation. This is not something that we had, you know, dealt with and gone forward with. Right. Um, So it was a total shocker, and it is definitely not something that, um, I would have ever dreamed of this would not be the man that I would have married. So are you talking about he talked to you about the pornography or he talked to you about that there had been experiences with child molestation? Experiences with child molestation. Okay. You're already married. You're in the middle of a family. You know, you're with a church on it. And so do you stand by your man then? How do you handle that? Um. Well, I feel that I was young at that time and things were just really hazy and from my family's background you don't just divorce and give up Mm -hmm. so I really wanted to work through it I really wanted to be able to come through this Mm -hmm. Um, so yes I I stood by him for a a short while Mm -hmm. I tried very hard Um, but as the thing as time goes on he um, could not own up to <clears throat> the the allegations from the the children that he had molested they were always um excuses um you know which is never his fault and and you have to come to the place that you can go forward from there and we could never do that right and i think you had it exceptionally hard because this wasn't a popular marriage was it no it was not (laughs) from the beginning you know friends and family for sure were not supportive they Mm -hmm. could see things that i could not love was truly blind Mm -hmm. and and you know when we hear about child molestation whether it's in this you know the catholic church or in our church down the street or in the schools you know with teachers and going on with people we always in our minds seem to think that the person must be a monster you know that there had to be characteristics that showed that he was sick 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 that wasn't true was it no um of course we had problems in our marriage of course there was um you know probably really tough times but to look back I would not say that it, it was he was a monster I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to say that mm-hmm. you know knowing that you have children and that these were child molestation charges uh, obviously the first thing that's going to come to mind were were your children safe yes my children were safe okay. we are in t- intensive counseling and we continue to do that in case there is something that we don't know mm-hmm. because they were so young but as far as today they were safe so you went through the divorce you have been in intensive counseling as an individual as a family how has your faith played a role Allison in pulling you through a time where 
I mean, your world was just pulled out from under you. I have to say that my faith plays a very large role because I know that I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have the strength that comes from Christ. Um, With Christ, you have to have forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness has to be the base. Mm -hmm. And because I have forgiven and because I have taught my children to forgive, we have come so far. Um, You know, it's... To, to know God like I know him today, I would do everything I've already done. Everything I've gone through, I'd do it all over again just mm-hmm. to get to know him like I know him now. And to have my children take that same road and know that whether it's a good situation or a bad situation, our first thought is Christ. Always to take it to the Lord. Yes. And your testimony has touched so many people just in the short time I know you that your walk with the Lord and your pure faith that no it's not easy and this is beyond what I can even talk about but that the Holy Spirit knows that and that he draws you close to walk with the Lord in that unfortunately not everybody forgives that easy and as I look outside of you to the children who were molested Mm -hmm. and the families whose child was molested how did they respond to you you weren't the molester but you were connected so how did they respond to you as a person um, I think it was very um, to be expected, you know, kind of standoffish, but very open. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was difficult to know that I was connected to the man that hurt their child and hurt them. Um, some of it was family members of his, but they have reached out and we're very close, mm-hmm. um, very, very open. When when you see things going on like this now in the in the community where a child and I think when we go to our children being hurt you know we lose all objectivity Mm -hmm. you you come after me and I'm an adult and I'll deal with you but hurt a child and you know I'm going to to take up that banner there and so people will be very vocal Mm -hmm. very vocal and very physical about it Um, you know let us have him we'll make sure he never molests anybody else again you know just we'll, we'll take care of this being part of the family of the person who did something so terrible what would you recommend to people before they speak or act how do you get to a point that you can forgive them um, and move forward I think just being honest and being open um, not leaving anything in the dark um, just being able to talk about it um, and and accepting what people say, you know, um, and then it's a hard place. It is a hard place. It's a hard place. What are your feelings now when you hear the stories of pornography or child molestation and you see a repeat scenario going on around you and you've lived through it? What is your what is your your innermost thoughts when you see that happening are you prone to want to reach out absolutely and how do you do that what do you offer as a woman of faith to reach out to somebody if i if you saw your neighbor going through this now what verses would you recommend or what would you say to to take away that pain because when again when that pain is so strong you don't hear human words you just don't hear it well, you know, I just want to be um, an ear to listen, to be able to 
hear their hurt because it is so with forgiveness your first step is to know that you have been deeply hurt and that's okay to recognize that and then you can move forward um, I know that in, I picture it kind of like a, a butterfly you know they have to be in that cocoon and they ha- it's not just a place of darkness there there's work going on in that cocoon mm-hmm. and you have to wrestle to get out of there and on the out on the end it's a beautiful butterfly mm-hmm. so what you've gone through is a wrestle and you're it's ugly it's dark but what what the outcome is is going to be absolutely amazing and what's happening is never the end of the story with god right. god always has the ability to put another part to that chapter we're going to take a short break allison thank you so much for sharing your story with us we'll be right back you all stay tuned as we talk about pornography and sex in the church This is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Hi, folks. This is Private Investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes, or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code H. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Hello, 
Welcome back, everyone. This is Donna Tyson, your host for Rivers of Faith on Hear Women Talk here at Zeus Radio. We are so excited today to be talking about a topic that I have to tell you, as I prepared for this show, I was quite shocked at um, how hard it is to get people to talk about the presence of pornography in their life. You know, we've done some tough shows. We've talked about abortions. We've talked about cancer. We've talked about suicide and drugs. And people would willingly step up and say, yeah, I'll come on. But boy, did I get the messages where they didn't want anybody to see them on Facebook or to hear them and said, I have a story, but it's too emotional. And I don't want to hurt the people around me, and um, they would not talk about it live on the air. So I have a whole new respect for pornography as a secret sin. And I think I really started to see how ingrained pornography is in our culture. Do you know we can go three minutes down the street and walk into a gas station or a convenience store and pick up a hustler and a playboy, and they have great articles. I'm not going to get into arguing about whether the magazine is worthy or not. Um, I can go on my cell phone and pull up pornography within 15 seconds. I can go to my computer very innocently and put in the White House and pull up an incredible porn site, and once they get your link, they just keep sending it. And so as we talk further about this today, um, we have another guest here that I'm going to bring in to share his story, and then we're going to continue to talk with both Allison and Jeff throughout the show. I have um, in the studio with me just a precious friend, a man of God who is now working in the mission field, Mr. Jeff Cole. And Jeff, would you share your story and your connection of pornography and sex in the church? Yeah. Um at nine years old, I was introduced to pornography, and it was actually through my own home. Uh, you know, my father had porn in the house, and that's how I found about, found out about it and, and spent uh, years uh, addicted to pornography and masturbation, actually 30 years. Um, uh, I had heard a pastor talk about it and actually threw out the porn magazines one time back in probably 12 years ago and then got back into it. It's very addictive, um, but... Uh, Part of mine was through uh, hurt and, and the child molestation. I actually, as I started praying about it and, and looking at what happened in my life and how I got involved in it, um, it God just revealed that it was introduced as, as a, it, at eight years old through child molestation through a camp counselor. Wow. And uh, so it entered my life there and then continued on until I was 39 years old. So and, the uh, pornography was used to make you think that that was normal? Well, through pictures or through to, to excite you or in what way at eight years old? Well, the the, the molestation was the, my first experience with okay. was with the molestation was yeah. a manipulation of for this man. I mean, he just targeted me. You know, as a camp counselor because I was dealing with some issues of my parents divorced at seven, so I had a lot of anger and I was sent to a camp to to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the camp, he was basically a target. It was a man that I trusted. He was a counselor, was in our cabin, and it was just, he uh, paid special attention to me because I was looking for a father figure because my father was absent from my life, and uh, he targeted me. He knew what he was doing. And you know, when I asked each of you to be on the show, I was not aware Mm -hmm. of the link of child molestation between the two of you. I knew that you had shared that you had had a pornography addiction Mm -hmm. that you had, you know, walked through and were willing to share the resources. 
I, I want to tell you, in the studio today, it's it's an amazing mix of emotion mm. here because there are tears, yeah. there are hot flashes. We've got <laughs> Allison's mama here; she's crying. Now we're all sweating. <laughs> Everybody's trying to be real careful about yeah. where we make eye contact because it's such a personal, yeah. emotional issue on it. Um, do you think that pornography is? It, you know, we've gotten to the point that we don't even pay attention to it. You know, lots of young men have it in their homes. Uh, you know, Playboy is an accepted tabletop magazine sure. in a lot of homes, or at least in the bathrooms. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not if on the tabletop, if it's in the bathrooms. Um, Jeff, what's your opinion on that as somebody who had your own addiction to it? Did you start with magazines, or was it visual movies? It was magazines. Uh, Almost no movies in my life at all. Okay. Uh, just mags uh, was was where it was. That's what I saw. You know, the internet wasn't around when I was a child, so okay. it wasn't the internet for me. It was magazines, and it was in our home. That's how I found it. And then, you know, even w- when I got married, I carried that into my marriage with the magazines going and buying the magazines. And, and how did your house. wife feel about that? Did she feel that that was uh, just a manly thing to do? It was part of who you were. It was hidden most of the time, and there was one time that I actually had subscribed to Playboy because it was the accepted magazine, yeah. and um, never really talked about. It. it was just kind of the elephant in the room, and she wasn't even aware of what was going on with with the with the pornography and the masturbation, which mm-hmm. goes along with porn. And if you're looking at porn, you're involved in that, sure. and and you're really robbing your your wife, to be honest with you, of, of a relationship um, there because you're you're satisfying yourself and not meeting her needs. It's it's very very uh, steeped in. Did in you think that anything was wrong when uh, you were looking at it? Was it anything that you felt like you had to hide, or did you feel like if I'm in my own home and it's my magazines and my wife is okay with this, I'm okay? Well, it, yeah, I was shameful because I wouldn't do it in front of her and I wouldn't do it in front of anybody else. So it was always you know hiding out somewhere to 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 do this yeah so for sure it's shameful but it's kind of untalked about you know people joke about it you know because there's a huge joke about you know that eight out of ten men masturbate and the other two are lying about it so but but it is i mean it's very prevalent uh what's going on with the porn and in society and it and it really we've allowed it to be acceptable and it's not acceptable it's it's not a it's not a safe form of of sex when did you make the decision that you had a problem that it wasn't just a, a guy thing that there was a problem with it that you needed it in your life the first time I got involved in a small group of guys and we were doing a Bible study and one of the guys just, I think he really felt convicted of, of the porn in, in the house and he's in his own home and he's like, you know, brought the subject up and all of a sudden there's this hush in the room of seven guys that can't shut up mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, the needle drops and you could hear it and it was like, all of a sudden we all started talking about it and, and, and I actually ended up you know, s- seven of us were in the room, and six of us had been involved in child molestation. And, oh, and, wow. Know, six out of the seven in yeah, the group. Yeah, and uh, that we had all done that. And, and the other common denominator, someone else typically introduces the porn to mm-hmm. a younger child, whether it's the father by accident or whether it's an older neighbor beside them that has experienced it, someone else has taught them. It's not, you don't just go out and find this on your own. Someone else introduces it into the home or mm-hmm. to, to the person. And uh, so at that point is we started really talking about it and understanding that, that God, you know, when you look at, at the Matthew five twenty seven and 8 verse, it says, you know, that you've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that he who looks at a woman with lust in his heart has already committed adultery. And it really just slammed up me to realize that 
I wasn't cheating on my wife, but I really am. I am cheating on my wife. I'm, I'm committing adultery in my mind and in my body with, you know, a magazine. I'm cheating on my wife, and it just it hammered me. I was like, all right. And, and this group of guys just started praying with each other, and we committed to, to beat this thing and to not let this dominate and ruin our lives and ruin our wives' lives because we're cheating on our wives. Uh, I want to touch base here because you are actively involved in Bible studies. You're oh, yeah. attending yeah. a church. Allison, you're attending a church. Sure. Your husband is leading yeah. you know, sessions on it. That's why I wanted to title this talk today, Pornography and Sex in the Church, yeah. because it is not outside of the church. It isn't people who don't believe in God. They to- We totally compartmentalize pornography you know as as acceptable and mm-hmm. as not being accountable to any higher standard there and I have talked to several women um, in the process of getting ready for the show and I'm hoping you'll take this as your cue to call in please I'm going to give you that phone number again 646-652-2071 who shared with me their stories of being married to gentlemen who were mm-hmm. terribly addicted to pornography they felt that they needed to support it because they were the wife and they actually would watch the movies with them you know or or look at the magazine with them as part of being a supportive caring wife um what's your take on that jeff that's a lot you can have a healthy sex in marriage without those type of aids i mean it's that's a lie i mean you're bringing someone else into your bedroom with you and and that's not the way god intends it and I know people are going to say, well, I need arousal, whatever. Your your wife is there for you, and, and she's your arousal. And you don't need to bring that into your marriage. It's not safe. It's not healthy. And it's going to lead to other things. Yeah, do you yeah. think it leads to other things? Do oh, you yeah. think pornography can be an end in itself, or do you think it leads to other things as a man? Uh, I, yeah, it definitely leads. I mean, it's not healthy. I mean, you're going to – it's sin, and once once you're allowing that in there, you may go elsewhere. You know, we're, we've seen, you know, marriages destroyed because of it. They're they're sleeping with prostitutes. I've seen guys that are so steeped in it, they're, they're – going with prostitutes and so forth and it it does lead to other areas Uh, you know I told you the quote that the only quote I can remember from one of my early pastors that said that sin will take you down the road further than you want to go and keep you there longer than you want to be there and and that's what it was for me it was a 30 year addiction of of porn in in my life you know and and really it was there for years ingrained into my life and Jeff you're a brave man to come in here this room of women here (laughs) we've closed the door he's locked in with (laughs) us and talking about this but I really want to hear from a man's perspective do you know where he is in that is it a conscious decision and you're saying it's not you didn't consciously in your heart say my wife is not enough for me it Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't a statement of that. It was what? I mean, because to a woman, it feels like a betrayal. Well, it is a betrayal, but it's, it's an addiction. I mean, it's, it is an addiction where you look at this and it's a sex addiction. It's, you know, we, we heard the stories all about Tiger earlier in the spring. It is a sex addiction. I mean, you are physically addicted to sex and looking and desiring this other person and whether it goes so far as to where you know tiger was is where he was physically involved with many many women Mm -hmm. but it it is a sexual addiction is what it is and and it's it's in your life and it's it you know drugs alcohol it is a physical addiction there's a high there that comes with 
with, sure. with the involvement. It, it really well, is. And, and I'm not going to let the women get off this easy. It is not a male sexual addiction. There are many, many sure. women involved in pornography. Yes. We're just not as willing to openly talk about it, you know, or, or buy the magazines and lay mm-hmm. them out. We're going to take another short break. want to thank everybody for staying with us. We'll be right back with Rivers of Faith. This is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. The definition of guru is to lead from darkness to light, and one who is regarded as having great knowledge, wisdom, and authority in a certain area, and who uses it to guide others. Join us on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Where Is My Guru show, where gurus from the areas of art, travel, creative activism, wellness, and the spa share their infinite wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Fridays at 3 p.m. right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. That's galore. Visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver, Life is Good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats Galore at Barefoot.com. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try, Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get Wild with Wildlife, explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Thank you for staying with us. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning. This is Donna Tyson, your host for Rivers of Faith here on Hear Women Talk on Zeus Radio. We're talking about pornography, the secret sin, and sex in the church. And with me I have Allison Wright, who has shared her story of being married to a, a youth minister who had an issue with pornography, then moved into child molestation and 
her experience of, of living through that. Jeff Cole has shared his experience of child abuse and a 30-year addiction to pornography. Um, Jeff, I want to come back to you for the rest of the story. We left you in, in the middle of a Playboy book, and mm-hmm. we want to bring you out of there, okay? When right. you decided that you that you were not um, doing the right thing in mm-hmm. your mind, that mm-hmm. you were convicted of leaving pornography, how did you as a man leave the addiction what did you do what were the steps if somebody's listening and they want to get out of pornography where do you start for me the steps were more biblical they were uh, the James 5.16 verse which my men's group was based on which is therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed and the fervent prayers of an, the effective fervent prayers of a righteous man can accomplish much, and that's what it was. Is I had a group of guys that several things that that we did is is we were accountable to each other about what we were doing. Were we looking at porn? You know, because none of us were telling our wives. So we were you, all scared to death to tell our wives. Did we you were, call each other when oh, you yeah. looked at porn, or did you when you got together once a week you admitted it? Yes, or? yes, okay. all of the above. We we were one. Is when we were feeling the the potential to to want to look at porn, we would call each other and say, "Hey, man, I'm struggling. Pray for me." Okay. Um, uh, and when we met uh, once a week, um, and sometimes more, we would uh, say, "Hey, man, how you doing? Were you struggling? You know, what, did you look at it?" And so there was an accountability to, to these guys that I had to say, "Yeah, I looked at porn this weekend. I didn't want to do that. You know, I didn't want to. You know, for them, I was accountable because they were holding me there, and so I didn't want to continue to do that. And you know, we'd have breakthroughs where you go a week free of not looking at porn. Or but Jeff, you already had a small group of people that that you had a trust bond with. Mm-hmm. You had studied with them. You yep. knew their character. A lot of people that are listening don't have that. They right. are they are alone in it. Right. Um, you know, they tell me that there's a lot of guilt and shame in sure. pornography, that you're embarrassed to talk about it. To, so to go up to somebody I don't know and say, right. hey, can I, can I call you when I want to watch porn? You know, how do, what do you do if you don't have a small group? Well, one is typically you have hopefully a friend in your life that you trust with that you can go to and talk there and um, there's some there's some folks out there that will help you there's some you know especially if it's on the internet there's triplexchurch.com that'll actually send a report to somebody. Tell me that again. What Triple, is it? Triplexchurch.com. Okay. Basically, it's a monitoring site. What they do is is if you go into a site that's questionable, it sends a report to your accountability buddy, and that's how, you know, you can't go on the Internet. I mean, you can if you really want to, but, but overall, it's going to send a report to uh, someone who you've alerted that's an accountability buddy. What, mm-hmm. and some people, some guys, you know, will make their wives there, which is pretty unusual there. Typically, I want to ask guy. you: Do you mm-hmm. think a wife could, or a spouse could, objectively be an accountability partner? I, I think at some point, if if you know, for me is I I didn't tell my wife about it until I was free of it, until I was clean, and I went to her confessed, okay. and that was really hard to do, is to go and tell her what I'd been doing. And uh, then I had to confess that I, I, she didn't even know I'd been molested, and I, I didn't want to tell her that either. You know, and how long had you been married when you told her that you'd been molested? Twenty-two years. Huh. Twenty-two years. Now yeah. I'm sitting here as a wife, and I'm going, yeah. I cannot imagine that I would yeah. not know that about my husband, that he wouldn't have shared that with me. Yeah. Is it? Tell me your reasoning for that. Shame. 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 
Yeah, you think you're the only person. You know, the the, the devil isolates you. He, he puts you in a situation where you think you're the only person going through this. And and that's not the case. You know, it's there are many, many people involved in this, but the shame that's attached to it uh, is, is, is steep. And, you know, especially for a guy who's a Christian and involved mm-hmm. in church and so forth, but it's, it's not any better outside the church than it is inside the church. There's just as many guys. It's just as prevalent in the church as it is in the secular. Eight out of ten guys are involved in this type of behavior. That, well, we that, put that, that, that site up on triplexchurch.com yeah. uh, onto the website. Allison, you said your husband didn't talk to you for years after you were married about some of his issues. How did you feel as a woman when it took him years to talk to you about those issues? Um, it was hard. and Did you feel betrayed? I did. But, you know, we had already, in our marriage, sex was a difficult topic. Um, there was lots of arguments over that. And Why? Do you think that you didn't feel like you were enough? No, I never did. Never, ever. And felt that, you know, after I found out about the pornography, you know, well, I measured myself up to mm-hmm. what I thought he might need or would want or look at or... Oh, and Lord knows, my body's never going to look like those magazines. Never. <laughs> it's just not. That's just not a fair place it's to not. position it's yourself puts to us compare up on that. a very high, something we can't reach, for sure. Is that where pornography holds it pull? Is it that it creates unreal expectations in the normal world? Do you think that that's part of its pull, Jeff, from a man's perspective? Um, just the view whether you know obviously the models are different than, than the average up, I yeah, touched to up yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree it's, uh, you know some of it's real some of it's not but the, the fact is is you know for, for men most men are, are visual and you know as, if, as Jeff Foxworthy says you know just show me something naked and give me a beer and I'm happy and for a man I mean you know we joke about it but that is we're very visual it's, and you know, it's so uh, most of a, a good bit of it's visual. You know, it's like I tease my wife. It's like oh, I don't walk around like that naked. I'm like I can't, I can't. No, no, we don't have time for sex. You know, yeah. like and you know, because it is. It's for me, it's very, very visual. And you know. well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the role that women have in pornography being so prevalent in our society mm-hmm. today. They obviously have to have somebody to take pictures of. So women are agreeing to be in. Um, in the magazines, sure. um, I know women who have posed in magazines and they're, you know, and and did it for the money. Can completely separate out that there's anything that they did wrong in that because it was a monetary it's decision. Monetary, yeah. um, it's, so if anybody out there has ever participated in pornography and and allowed pictures to be made or whatever. I'd like to hear the psyche of that. Mm-hmm. Does it come back to haunt you later? Is it something that's acceptable? And, and you know, on my Facebook, we had people who I'm really surprised haven't called in. I'm going to give that number again. 646-652-2071. I had people who argued um, strongly for the right of individuals to have pornography in their homes, um, to have it accessible in our society, Society, that with every time we legislate something, that we 
we create a more government-controlled society and that it is up to the individual humans to be have enough character and enough strength to take care of their own addictions. I'd, I'd be real interested in what people's thoughts are there. And, and both of the people in the studio are averting their eyes. They don't want to answer this for me, but I'm going to come to you anyway. So, Allison, what do you think about that? Do you think that pornography should be easily accessible in our society and why? No, I don't. I think that once you look at something, it's, a, it's, it's there. It's very difficult to, to forget Mm-hmm. And to take that with you for days, for weeks, for life, you know, you're taking that into a relationship whether you're married or not. And, um, you know, that picture won't talk back to you. That picture won't, ha- doesn't have feelings. Okay. And I think that's taken away from men and women because I know it's not just a man problem. Okay, so you do not think it should be accessible by um, magazine nor movie? No. Okay, Jeff, what do you think? Well, I I don't believe you can legislate morality. Um, I I wish it wasn't there, um, but uh, the one lesson that we've learned from history is prohibition doesn't work. There's going to be a market for it, whether it's black market or not. I wish it wasn't there. but I don't see how you're going to legislate it out. Um, and, and legislation doesn't work. I mean, you know, we saw that with the, in the 20s with when they tried to do prohibition. It doesn't work. Um, it's up to the individual to, to, to do that. Um, you know, I, there's a huge exploitation there of, of women and children there that I wish wasn't there. I don't know how we, how we deal with that. Um, you know, obviously we've enacted some... some much more stricter laws on child pornography, but it's out there. It's it's illegal, but it's out there, and that's why I say you can't legislate it. Um, you know, I wish we could. I mean, we could pass some laws, but you know, obviously, the Supreme Court's already ruled on it. Will it change? Probably not. Not with what's going on right now. But uh, what do you think, listeners? Do you think pornography should be accessible? That it's an mm-hmm. issue of individual accountability for each of us to set our standards. Um, you know it. It's an, it's a tough issue. It's yeah. the same issue we talked about when we talked about abortion. You know, if you make it illegal, are you going back to the ballroom days where, you know, you've got the coat hanger abortions and, and, you know, much more problem than if it's legal? And if you legalize it, are you putting a stamp of approval on it? Um, it's an interesting concept, a tough question. Love to hear what you're thinking about it. We're going to take another short break. Going to ask you to pick up your cell phones at 646-652-2071 or come talk to me on chat. I want to hear what you think about pornography. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy Vineyard. You're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. Hi, folks. This is Proud 
investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs Show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at abramsforensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at abramsforensics.com. That's abramsforensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code HWT. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advance tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest-growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. Hi, this is Judy Collins from Judy's House of Oldies, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio on the Zeus Radio Network. This is Donna Tyson, your host for Rivers of Faith, here on Hear Women Talk on Zeus Radio. I just want to thank everybody for staying with us today. This is a tough topic, the pornography and sex in the church. It's one that I'm finding out is definitely a secret sin. I talked with several pastors in getting ready for this show about how they counsel in their congregations, families who are hurting, women whose husbands are not willing to give up the pornography, people who are addicted who don't want to move beyond it but but know that it's not a right thing um, and the pastors unanimously said to me that the two biggest issues that they are dealing with with family preservation in the church is pornography and prescription drug addiction that it is rampant in our churches and it is the thing that nobody talks about um, Jeff, you said what? And six out of seven in your group had yeah. had child molestation. Yeah. That all of the men, at some capacity, mm-hmm. had pornography in their life. You know, if you've ever turned on the TV at two in the morning, <laughs> um, I think the censors have gone to bed. Yeah. Um, because some of the shows that are on at two in the morning on the basic channels would have been triple X rated in my day as a child. You know. We just wouldn't have been allowed to do that. And I think we were talking about whether it should be legislated or not. I want to thank Pastor Deb Ling for her comment on the chat line. I would like to read it to 
to you. It says, Porn, sin, will always be with us in the world. God gave us a choice. Obey him or willingly disobey him. Jeff makes a good point. Trying to legislate it will not work. It is up to the individual to make a choice or decision. In our last ten minutes of the show, I really want to bring this back home in that you can't legislate character. You can't legislate um, morals. Um, we really would end up in, in quite a mess if we try to do that. But there comes a point in all of our lives where we have to look in the mirror and see, are we the person that God created us to be? You know, am I a person that I would want my child to emulate, that I would want my grandchild to take all the things that I do in secret and do them there? And and. You know, we, we've we gotten immune to the bracelets with the what would Jesus do initials on it. But it really is anything that you have to hide in your life. Mm-hmm. That if the Lord walked into the room or if someone you loved and respected walked into the room, if you would have to hide it, then then you need to really pray about its role in your life on it. And, um, you know, it comes back to those individual decisions one by one that we make. And it isn't just about pornography. It's about our language. It's about the way we dress. It's about what we do with our money. It's about what we do with our time. It's about, you know, what we listen to. Everything comes back to individuals making decisions for me, this is not the right thing. And, and when we get to a point of condemning others and in your face, mm-hmm. um, calling names and, and making accusations, to me that's where the love of God steps out of the picture. And I know that in accountability there is a time of judgment, but the judgment is between God and that person, not mm-hmm. me. And so if, if you're listening to this show and you're still in pornography, please know that the reason we're sharing these testimonies is there's great pain around it, not just for you, but for the people who love you on it. Allison, I want to come back to you as we get ready to close. Having lived the nightmare that you've lived, um, what would you say to someone who is married to someone um, that that they sense in their innermost being has a sexual problem? You know, you say you didn't see anything, but you all fought over sex. There was pornography there. There were markers but that markers that you didn't realize were leading where they led. What words of advice would you give um, a woman listening that's hurting? Um, I think that going to get counseling, going to get help, even if it's just a sense that um, in her gut, you know, that she's not real sure, um, just asking her husband to go to counseling to work through maybe it's her issues you know maybe it's just something that she's you know worked up in her mind maybe it's not maybe it's something that he needs to be freed of you know but to go to a Christian counselor that can walk through this with them together to hear her side to hear, hear his side um, I know that through all that we've been through you know um, I feel like that I had a choice to make whether it's to you know, stay secluded and not talk about it or to to on the other side talk about it um, and talking about it does bring freedom 
And this hasn't been easy for you. This is the first time you've ever openly yeah. shared your testimony. Uh, Allison and I talked again and again. I actually drove into Myrtle Beach to the studio so I could be here and look <laughs> her in the eye and reach over and hold her hand if I needed to. Because um, it is hard to talk about that. Do you feel guilty? Do you feel shame in your heart? Or what are the emotions that you feel when you get ready to share your testimony? No, I don't feel shame. Um, I think there was a point in my life that I did. Um, but because I have asked God to take each step that I take with my family now, my children, my husband, and to walk those steps with me, I want to be open. I want to be a vessel that he can use and not just do it on my own strength. You know, I know that throughout the process there were decisions or choices that probably if I could go back would change just, to, you know, just because I, <clears throat> I took it on my own strength. Let me ask you this. You're involved in the church again. You're married to another gentleman who's on church staff as, as a minister of music. How do you think the church should handle people who have been accused of child molestation who come into the church? Do we protect our children and openly tell them they're not welcome? Do we open our arms like Christ would and say, come on in and try to walk with them through that? I think absolutely you open your arms to them. Um, I think that there's um, boundaries that must be in place. But they're as human as we are. They have um, problems. They have issues that need to be worked through, as we all do. They're just on different levels. And it's not something that God cannot work through. Um, And I think that absolutely they need to be reached with open arms. Okay. So we don't turn our backs on people when they come into the church and they have these issues. We take it that here's another human being who needs grace and and people who can walk with them. Jeff, how about you? Having lived through what you've lived through, being on the other side of the pornography issue, if someone's listening, and I want to take it from both sides, if someone's listening who has the pornography mm-hmm. uh, addiction, what would you recommend? You've said an accountability partner. Yeah, there's some accountability there, and you know, part of it is is wanting to to move beyond it. You got to want to. It's like any other addiction. You got to want to move beyond what the addiction is. So, what if a wife is listening and and she's in a relationship with a husband that it is in a in a mode it's impacting them in a negative way? Can is there anything that a wife can do or say when a man isn't ready to change uh, his habits? That that you would have heard. <laughs> um, I I'm not sure there is. I mean, what she has to do is is you know, if she's more she's probably not actually aware of what's going on. But it, when she is, it, one is to be supportive, um, okay. but the other is 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 there's got to be some parameters that it's not acceptable behavior, and and that she's not going to tolerate it. I I really believe is she can't accept it. I mean, because he's cheating on her, okay. and and that she does need to take a stand. There, but there's areas she can help to. Um, you know, it's it's it, it's a tough one. Uh, it really, really is for for her because she feels she feels betrayed and she has been betrayed and and, and she's got to deal with that issue. But 
for him, he's he's got to want to get better. It's just like any other addiction, and and if not, you know, it's gonna it can de- destroy the marriage if he doesn't want to get better. It, sure. it, it really can. What about um, the role of pornography in the church? Um, for if if it's as prevalent as as mm-hmm. we're talking about today, what are your opinions about uh, people who openly participate in pornography being allowed into the church or into positions of leadership in the church? Well, I think it's it, it's there in the church. It's just not talked about. Right. Um, the, the problem is, is is it's just like any other sin. It has to be dealt with. Um, the person may have to step down from leadership temporarily until there's a restoration because I don't believe they can be actively involved in it and, and stay in that leadership role. I, you know, I think there has to be a process of where they're working through it and be free of it. What levels of leadership are there are different, you know, obviously, but uh, it, it is a challenge there. It's, it's confess your sins, you know, and, and be forgiven. That's what he says. And, and maybe they're in a place where they confess it and they walk away from it and it never happens again. How long is that process? I don't know the answer to that question, but I do know that there needs to be some accountability and and they can be restored. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that God God is God is the ultimate restorer. And when we put our faith in Him, the, you know the Philippians four thirteen verses. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. And that was part of the verse that we used in the James uh, James five sixteen to to get through these of Matthew five twenty seven and twenty eight to get me through to a point where I did not want to do this in my life anymore. And it wasn't acceptable. It was not an acceptable lifestyle for me or for my family and didn't want to teach this to my son either and um, you know to, to move on out of this because um, it, it's not acceptable it really isn't well it's been an interesting show talking about uh, pornography and sex in the church unfortunately I'm afraid it's a lot more prevalent than what we want to um, think about it Jeff you wanted to close us out with one more thought yeah I just wanted uh, one is, is, is wives ask your husbands try to open the door because he's not going to come to you so open the doors honey Talk to me a little bit about this. And the other thing I want is the child molestation side of it, too, is, is strangers are not molesting your children, okay? Those are very rare cases where you hear the child abduction. Yeah. This is happening by an uncle, a cousin, a friend, a pastor, a camp counselor. It is someone who knows your children who's gotten close to them. The, your children trust the person who's molesting them. That's the scary part is it's just, whether it's a school teacher someone in a position of authority where your child trusts this person. Mm-hmm. That's where most child molestation is coming from, and that's why Talk to your children about this. Most mm-hmm. mo- it's between seven and nine years old where most children are molested too. So. Need to pay attention. Pay attention yeah. to those gut instincts. Pay attention to the little things. Again and again, as in every topic we talk about, it really comes down to our individual belief mm-hmm. in who we are, what we deserve, and why we're here in life, and those boundaries. And that brings us right back to that individual relationship with God and our walk of faith. It is my prayer each week that this show will talk about issues that have the potential to separate us from our walk with God, that we can bring it into the light, that you will hear words of hope and encouragement, and that you'll be able to take one more step towards a healthy life and a closer walk with God. I appreciate so much you listening in with us on Tuesday mornings. I thank Hear Women Talk for the opportunity to have these shows that don't necessarily concur with their beliefs, but they let us come on and talk about them. And I just I thank all of you for supporting us. May the rivers of faith carry you gently through life this week. May God bless.